Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Around the Keg podcast, your one-stop shop for hot takes and cold beer. I'm your host, Whit Barfield, and we got a great show for you guys today. We got picks. We got two new segments we're excited to share with y'all, and we got a lot of football talk after another crazy weekend. But before we get into that, let's see what's on tap for this evening. Matt, what you got on tap? Oh, you know me. Miller. Can't start the week without a good Miller latte. Chad, what's on tap for you today, my brother? Well, you know, sometimes you just got to change the game a little bit, and you got to go back to a beer that you haven't had in a while, and you remember liking it, but maybe it's not as good as you thought it was. So, just like a country music song that was written in 2010 and after, I'm going with a guess, nice, taps blue ribbon. How about our boomer boy over there? What you got for us? <laughs> Boomer Sooner. How about my Oklahoma Sooners? Everybody on this podcast picked Texas for this weekend. Everybody for college game day picked Texas. And everyone on Fox Sports picked Texas. So Boomer Sooner. Today I have on tap an ice cold Miller Lite. I'm drinking Brad Keselowski's beer. It's not too bad. What you got on tap there, Keys? Well, we uh, we went up to Nashville to visit Wit this weekend, so I got a nice Hang Time Pale Ale. It's a Blackstone Brewery beer, and it's uh, it's pretty good. It's like your average IPA. Though so we had a good time up there in Nashville. Had a lot of beer. Had a lot of fun. Met Roddy White. That was cool. We did meet Roddy White. It was we met Roddy White. It's cool. When the heck did you pick up some Blackstone? Did you pick that up on the way home? Uh, yeah, I just stopped by. <laughs> just stopped by a gas station on the way out, specifically <laughs> for the podcast. No, oh, that's a good call. That's a good beer. I've had that before at uh, one of the bars downtown. It's pretty good. Stopping at the old rundown shell in the middle of the mountains right before we hit the Georgia line. <laughs> Actually, the last time I left Nashville, I wanted to stop at one of those rundown gas stations, but I got kind of sketched out because I saw a whole bunch of dudes you know, standing outside. So I was like, ah, I think I can hold it. <laughs> well, anytime that you stop at a gas station and there's a old abandoned Shoney's in the background, you know you're not in a good area. So Hey, listen, oh. Shoney's breakfast Sh- is, is good, man. Absolutely. The b- breakfast buffet, the French toast sticks are the breakfast of champions. Oh, yeah. I'll be honest. I've never had Shoney's. I haven't had Huddle House. I have not mm-hmm. had any kind of dank breakfast besides Wahoo. Man, you are. Wahoo. Dude, you're missing. There used to be a Shoney's in Statesboro. Like it's now like the Statesboro Welcome Center. No, it's the. I'm pretty sure it's the uh, Old Times Buffet now. No, 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 no. That used to be Ryan's. Uh, if you go yeah, down, Ryan's was horrible. Ryan's was awesome, man. Are you kidding me? Ryan's, Ryan's is like Ryan's is, is, is like it's like a worse version of Piccadilly. Oh, dude, Piccadilly <laughs> smacks, dude. Oh, oh, I love me some Piccadilly, <laughs> dude. Y'all, y'all. Of course, this is coming from a guy who is an avid fan of the Golden Corral. R.I.P. Thanks, Kevin. Oh, I love Golden Corral. You guys, you guys want to hear something that's going to piss you off? Sure, why not? I've never been to Golden Corral either. Oh my, oh my oh god, my. dude! Oh, how you, ever? You've never been it. to Huddle House? For real? I've never been to Huddle House, dude. Huddle House. Well, you're not missing a lot with. You're not missing a lot with. Huddle I've heard Huddle House is terrible. Nah, Huddle House hamburgers are Sorry. delicious. Sorry to our Huddle House. It's not right. Huddle, House, Huddle, Huddle House is not terrible. Oh, Last yeah, time I, I mean, had Huddle House, I was smoking was uh, fireworks from the Alabama State line, and we stopped in at a Huddle House. For those of our listeners just... who don't know, you, fireworks are illegal in Georgia, or at least they used to be. They used to be. I don't, I don't think they are anymore. It was yeah, a while you can, ago. You, you can buy them now in Georgia. 
Hey, Wit, uh, what do you got on tap, man? Uh, we forgot to ask you what you're drinking. You know, I was curious if you guys were going to ask me. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> we don't care. Sipping, we don't care. We care about Shoney. Sipping, <laughs> sipping on my Michelob Ultra. I'll be honest. Uh, it's pretty good, but it's no it's no Predator Margarita like I was drinking downtown in what Nashville. Roddy White. Predator Margarita. Oh, I have no idea what was in it, but it was a lot of alcohol. It's apparently something that makes you talk to two dudes from Buffalo for four hours. Yeah, lifelong Bills fans. Also, dog or one of them was a dogs fan. Did you? Hey, we're a Bills Mafia a podcast. We are. We are a Bills Mafia podcast now. Even though they're getting smacked by the my hometown Titans right now. Let's get into one, some football. One, yeah. One thing we overpassed was that our Instagram followers also voted for Texas to win that game. How do you feel about our Instagram followers, there, buddy? Well, they have their opinions. So you know, right now they're wrong and I'm right. At the end of the day. <laughs> We beat Texas. I, I I I watched that game at a Taco Mac, and when Texas came back, I was about to go berserk inside of a Taco Mac. But I kept my composure, and I kept watching the game, and we pulled it out in four overtimes. The game shouldn't have gone to four overtimes, but hey, that's what Oklahoma football is about this year, giving up leads. So I think it's good that you know our young team was able to weather the storm and pull out a big win against Texas. Uh. Good old Taco Mac, man. Still have an experience. You've never been to Taco Mac? He's from South Georgia. Uh, we don't have we, right, yeah. we don't have those. We have Wild Wing Cafe. Now, Wild Wing Cafe, Close in enough. my opinion, is better than Taco Mac. Agreed. Wild Wing it's, is good. It's, it's better. It's better than beat up for sure. All right. Now that Texas lost, are we are we done with the Big Twelve? Are we just there's no way they're making the playoff? So I'm I'm gonna go first on this because this is just my honest personal opinion. I do not care about what happens to the Big 12. <laughs> right now, I only care about what Oklahoma football does. I, I could care less if we get into the playoff. I, I, I really don't care. I just want OU to play consistent football for the rest of the season. I don't care what happens to us. I actually don't know, man. Big 12 is not out. Big 12 I, I, yeah. is not out, dude. I, I think it really depends on what Oklahoma plays like. If they play like that Oklahoma team, at least the defense for the first three and a half quarters. I think that the eye test may uh, may win out. I don't know about the eye test for Oklahoma. I I think Texas and Oklahoma. I, I think they're I think they're done. I know I know that Matt, you think that there's potential for a two loss team this year, but I still think Oklahoma State's your only shot. Um, but even if Oklahoma State, I will say this: I kind of feel like Oklahoma State undefeated. You can't keep them out. But if the Big Ten comes back and goes along with the SEC and maybe has two one-loss teams at the end of the season, they could eliminate even an undefeated Oklahoma State team. Well, but, Oklahoma I mean, State I, is not going to be undefeated, though, because they're going to lose no, to yeah, there's, <laughs> I agree. There's no way. Yeah, well, they're, but they're the best shot right now. Yeah. yeah I just, this right point. now. They're the only shot right now. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'll i be honest, though. I mean, I, I think that there's a possibility that – the, the SEC just beats the hell out of each other. And you may end up with uh, a one-loss SEC West facing a two-loss SEC East in the SEC Championship with a, a two-loss winning, and then do you keep both of them out? I mean, I, I don't know. I honestly I, I, yeah. honestly got opinion. I, I just feel like this year the SEC is back to its old ways of any given week any team can be beaten. The only one that I'm putting in as a lock is Clemson's not losing a game this year. They're not losing a game yeah. this year. 
That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And Speaking I, of Clemson, I hey, I don't know. Do I still owe you that ten bucks? <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, I also picked Miami in the picks. So I'll say we'll 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 forego the ten dollars for now. We'll put it. All right. Well, hey, well, hey, how well, about this? I, I'll bet you. I'll bet you fifteen bucks that that Alabama beats Georgia this weekend. Fifteen dollars. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I would not do it. And I'm saying uh, to Lando. Uh, <laughs> oh God! Nah, go ahead and let's, do it. Hold up. Let's speak about it. Nah. Let's speak about after the picks. Let's speak about after the Here, picks. Can I, let me let me interject before we move away real quick from the Big 12 because I have a question for you guys. Sure. Where are we at with Tom Herman right now? Oh, so I, I'm I'm going to tell you right now. Um, Texas gave Charlie Strong the boot after three years, and Texas is probably just as good as they were when Charlie Strong was there. So uh, if Tom Herman is not fired by the end of the season, then I have lots of question marks. Yeah, see, first of all, let me let me just say, I like Charlie Strong. I think Charlie Strong's career has kind of gone downhill since because his USF tenure was not good either. But Charlie Strong was never given a fair shake. Tom Herman was their boy, and I think they really believed in this guy. And people blew some smoke up Texas this year. And I just, man, they don't, they don't look like they improved at all from last year. They don't. No. I mean, they look like if this was a full twelve game schedule, that they could go eight and four again or seven Tell, and five. Te- Texas is USC. They're a na- they're a big name brand that is always going to be overhyped because they're a money generating machine. But A and M is a better football team than the University of Texas. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. I would I would love to see that rivalry come back though. Texas oh, me Texas too. Them. That's, me a, that's too. an awesome, like, traditional rivalry that, you know, I'm actually still angry that a lot of these you know, football teams left the Big 12 to go to the SEC because, you know, we don't get Texas, Texas A&M anymore. We don't get Kansas and, and Missouri. Those are those are beautiful games to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, it was a Thanksgiving classic, you know. Yeah. Thanksgiving weekend, you put the Christmas tree up, you watch the Texas, Texas A&M game. I mean, it's just what you do. Yeah, I'll never forget, uh, I think the year was 2008, uh, Oklahoma was playing Oklahoma State, and Kansas was playing Missouri, and at the time, all four teams were, were ranked pretty high. This was the time when the Big 12 was, was pretty good from top to bottom, and both of those games were must-watch football games. Oh, yeah, that was that was 07. That was the year that, that there was just absolute mayhem. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, Kansas had Todd Reesing at quarterback. And Missouri had uh, old Chase Daniel. Dude, that was uh that was insane because Kansas. I think Missouri and Kansas were like one and two. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, or yeah. two and three. Yes, two and two three. Two and three. Yeah, which which uh, is like absolutely bizarre to think mind about. This point, point, like at this point in history, and this was in the BCS days too, where like yeah. Missouri and Kansas, like this is this isn't basketball, boys. This is this is collegiate american tackle football we're talking about and and the was university that, was that 07 season is that what you that, said yeah that yeah, was that, yeah, crazy. That, was that year, year was it, nuts that was the year texas tech beat texas uh with crabtree on the, on, with crabtree no, on, the, that, on the no i thought that no that was the year before that was the year after that was 08 i thought that, that was 07 man i thought it was all the same year where, because then like they just all knocked each other off now, 07 was West Virginia was two, and they lost. And then BC with Matt Ryan was two, and they lost. And then US, USF was two, and they lost. Like It was like five consecutive weeks where number two lost, and then Kansas lost 
And I think who was who's the fat guy? What was his name? Mo Mark Mangino. Uh, I, I just looked it up. Mark he, Mangino. He, yeah. he he had that Kansas team playing some football, man. That rivalry is back, by the way, Lando. Starting, I believe, is either next year or 2022. Kansas and Missouri are going to start playing a home and home again. Oh, oh, oh see, well, so it's not really a rivalry unless they play at a at old Arrowhead Stadium. Then, then it's oh, then excuse it's me, real. you're right, you're right. It's an Arrowhead. Excuse me, you are right. I am now, wrong. It is an there Arrowhead. We go. It is. Yeah, it is an Arrowhead. So less miles and the Mad Hatter. Hopefully, two years from now he'll get that program turned around. But yeah, those that old rivalry is going to be rekindled. And how about is, Texas? It, Texas A and M is that coming back too? I heard that I they were they were now. trying to put it in the works. I know it was in the works. I don't know if they ever officially got it done. And, I, and I'll say that Kansas-Missouri game is not just a, a rivalry between those two teams. It's actually a family rivalry uh, within my family. My dad is a huge Missouri fan, and my sister graduated from uh, from Kansas in 2004. So that's going to be some bragging rights say, going on between those two. I was about to say, who do you know that is that loyal to be a Kansas football fan? I mean, for God's sake. Like, <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> I mean – it, it, basketball season's fun for her. Yeah. If she's, yeah. If she's, if she's into that. I mean, yeah. like, every year she's got a chance to win it all. One of the first football games I ever went to, I think I was like four years old, it was a Kansas football game. <laughs> Who can say that? Not many Literally people. only Lando. <laughs> only Lando was like, who who wants to say that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, <laughs> the first, tailgating's phenomenal this time of year. The first football game I ever went to was a Tulsa University football game. Who is this kid? Why like what what is up with these freaking Midwestern people here, man? Tulsa, hey, Lord. Kansas. Real states right Missouri. there. Real states. Fly Oklahoma over states. <laughs> no no one. No one says, hey, let's go to Nebraska. It'll be a great vacation. Hey, 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 Actually, hey. actually my uncle is a huge Huskers fan. Back in the day, Nebraska was a mean football team. The Big Red Machine, oh, baby. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to mention them later. I got them coming up in a mention later. Don't worry. I'm just saying, like, in general, who says, hey, man, I would love to just go plow some corn in the great states of Kansas and Nebraska. <laughs> let's go on vacation. <laughs> let's take a vacation. <laughs> So hey, I, I wouldn't mind I, going I, to the, the Cornhuskers game. Those I hate to change the fun. subject, but hey, Chad, how are you feeling about uh, old Florida since we we're talking about Texas A&M? Well, if you ask Keys and Wit, they will tell you that I actually handled it not that bad. Um, really? He's, he's, actually yeah, handled. he actually did. He handled it about as well as I've ever seen Chad handle a Florida loss. It was afterwards when he didn't handle it well. Yeah, it was later on. <laughs> when black Blackout Chad, however... <laughs> Hey, Chad, I heard yeah, you were still standing in an alley in the rain. Yeah, I was. <laughs> didn't, didn't remember that at all. But that, was, was. That, was about, that was about four <laughs> hours after the game, though. <laughs> that's, when, that's when it really set in. Jeez. I'm pretty sure it started yeah. going downhill as soon as you got the double, double-fisted Michelob Ultras from our, our nice bartender, Jess. Jess. I'm, as soon as the kick went in, I said, Jess, two Michelobes. But no, in, in reality, we're not out of it. I knew coming into the season that we could lose a game and be fine. We've talked about it on this show. If the SEC has a one-loss team, and even as Matt mentioned earlier, say we lose again, but somehow make it to the SEC championship game because Georgia or Tennessee loses and there's some wild stuff that goes on, I don't think that we're out of it. Chad, I'll come in on that. Actually, uh, isn't uh, aren't the Gators postponing activities for a while because of COVID? Yeah, I don't think we're going to play this week. How does that factor in? Uh, well, that game's going to have to be made up. So... 
I think even even whenever like even with whatever happens with our COVID situation, because I believe we're at 19 players who have COVID. Um, which you know, I, I wish we could just be like Virginia Tech, who constantly has like 50 guys out with COVID each week, and it's just like screw it, we'll play. But I mean. Even even if that game has to be made up at a later date, I I think we'll be fine. I mean, again, if we don't lose again, and we make the SEC championship game, our hopes are still alive. But right now, I don't think we can beat Georgia. Um, our offense was not the problem. Our offense played fine this week. We just turned the ball over at midfield and gave Texas A&M time to run the clock out. That was our. That was the only reason we lost that game. Um, other than the fact that our defense was terrible, but it's I mean, definitely going to be disruptive. Still. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be disruptive. But again, if we don't lose, just to answer Lando's question, if we don't lose again and we control our own destiny against Alabama in the SEC championship, I'm cool. I mean, as long as we win the East this year and beat Georgia, hmm. you know, I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those Florida fans who says this has to be the year that we make the playoff. No, this just has to be the year that we overtake Georgia in the division. So well, as long like as we still do that. Uh, uh yeah, I was gonna say, buddy, that's not looking good. You know, I've I've I I was more high on Georgia this year than Florida, unlike a lot of people. But I was waiting to see what what we got from Florida this year, and I'll be honest, they haven't done anything to really impress me yet. The defense is horrendous, but I think we have an offense that can compete in every game. It's just a matter of if we stop somebody. I mean, I, I'm not trying to compare us to last year's LSU at all. Like, don't – I'm not going to go there and say that we could be this year's LSU because that would be ridiculous to say. Here comes the butt. But Here our, comes the butt. <laughs> our, yeah, but but our our season almost started similarly to theirs. Their defense was horrible last year, but their offense was on another level, and our offense is on another level right now. Kyle Trask has 14 touchdowns through three games, but in reality, we're, I'm cool, but if we lose again, we're out. Unless there's chaos. On the flip side, I would like to point out that I said that Texas A&M is the second best team in the West, and I'm sticking by that. Auburn hasn't looked good, and A&M, even though it was a close game, they made plays on defense late in that game to to give themselves a chance to win. They their offense was good enough. Kellen Mond played really well, um, so I props to them. But Florida, yeah, I'm I'm sorry, buddy. I, I just don't see it for them this year. Uh, defense is what carries everything. I think we're going to yeah, find gonna, out this weekend what Georgia is going to look like against a team who has, and I'm sorry, Matt, I don't really think Bama has an elite defense this year. Oh, I no, not I at all. Saw that. And I, I think they're all. good. I think they're better than Florida's defense. But I think we're going to see what happens this week when Georgia plays a team who doesn't have an elite defense but has an elite offense, and we're going to see if Georgia can keep up on offense, especially with Stetson Bennett at quarterback. Yeah, I've kind of been in the opinion all year. Yeah, he's got a lot to prove. I think Stetson's a good quarterback. I've I've said it on the podcast a couple times. I still think we're not going to win a national championship. I don't think we're going to beat Bama when we don't have a deep threat in the offense. We can't just run the ball and have teams stack the box and then throw little short passes all day. Well, hey, that's what what Georgia has always done, though. Exactly. We've never beaten Alabama. So, but I, I also think that Alabama this year, Georgia if you look at if, if you look at if you look at Alabama's defense, I I don't know, and and maybe this is just a tad of bias. I wouldn't say that we looked that bad against Missouri. We didn't finish the game well, and we didn't look that bad. Or excuse me, Alabama didn't look that bad 
against A&M on defense, but when you play against an LSU team or Ole Miss team that has an up-tempo offense, they exposed a lot of the flaws, and I think they just were able they, – they had a better scheme. I don't – so I, I don't know if it was our defense is really that bad. Now, I, I will say our defense is not elite this year. It's it's better than last year, I think. I think, but I'm not positive. Yeah, that offense is that offense is really good. Which is their defense gives me some caution coming into this week. I still, I mean, I'm not going to make my pick yet, but I still think Alabama's a better team. And I think what Witt was kind of alluding to, since we were just talking about Florida as well, Georgia has not faced an offense yet, so we'll really see this weekend, like he was saying, that like Alabama and Florida clearly have the two best offenses in the. See, you know, unless you're the team that plays Florida that week, and then you have probably the best offense in the world. But Georgia, Florida, and Georgia, Alabama are going to tell a lot, and especially about Georgia's ability to keep up with two teams who I think can outscore them. It's just a matter of Georgia's defense stepping up and making making the plays they've made against the competition they've played so far. So this this week is huge for Georgia's offense. Like, what 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 do you really think about? What do you honestly think? going into this week, like, and even looking forward at the Florida game, do you think that as a Georgia fan that y'all can score with those two offenses? I think, and obviously we're going to get into it more when we get into the pick, so I won't allude too much to what I think this, this weekend's game. I think that Georgia, after watching the games this weekend, I think Georgia, I feel a lot better about Georgia beating Florida. I still don't feel great about that game. I still think our offense has a lot we need to improve on, but – Bama, we'll see. I don't know. I'm a little back and forth. I think Stetson, like I said, I think Stetson's good, but I, I I just don't think you can win a national championship nowadays without having some kind of deep threat. This isn't back in 09, 2010, 2011, where teams are running the ball, just big, ugly offensive line and good defense are winning games. It's not what's happening anymore. It's just it's you got to light people up in the passing game. I think Georgia, the way Georgia's playing is fine. I like that we're still running the ball and still playing good defense, but but I think that if Georgia's actually going to contend for a national championship, we're going to need some kind of deep threat added into the offense. We don't need to be at air raid. We just need to have some kind of deep threat in the offense. I honestly think that one of these weeks is going to be the week that JT comes out of nowhere for for Georgia. And it could be this week, but I I, I don't know. I don't think Alabama's defense is going to do enough to stop Stetson Bennett from hitting those out routes. I mean, even going back to what Fromm did his freshman year in the in the national championship game, Alabama's got a really young secondary this year, and I just – I don't know. I think Stetson Bennett has done enough to secure his starting job for, for the rest of the season. I don't think Kirby Smart is, is like Lincoln Riley and, and is going to do the cool thing to do and start that, that transfer because it's – you know, it's what everybody expects him to do. I think Kirby is going to be, hey, this guy is giving us what we need right now. And I think as time goes on, as the season goes on, he's only going to get better. So I think Stetson is going to have this job for the rest of the season. Oh, I think you're right. I don't think Kirby will bench him until he becomes a problem. And I don't really know if I'd see him becoming so much of a problem where you got to bench him. Because, I mean, we even saw last year with Jake Fromm for Georgia, he – he wasn't a he wasn't a problem, but he wasn't helping. Right. But we didn't and we didn't have anybody else we were gonna he didn't want to put anybody else in there. Right. It was the same with Justin Fields back um in Jake's sophomore year. Like he he wasn't a problem. He was still making plays, but he wasn't winning us games. But 
Kirby wasn't going to pull him. Yeah, and, and Kirby's smart enough to know this guy is not going to turn the ball over. He's not going to lose his football games, so I'm going to keep this dude in. So right. Right. he's, he's going to give us the best chance to win the football game. I'll, I'll say, speaking of transfers, looking at the Miami-Clemson game this past week, I mean, transition to the ACC here. I know we talked about last week who we thought was really going to be a challenge for Clemson this year in the Atlantic Coast Conference. I said Miami was the was the most real shot of the three teams that are probably going to have the best shot. So how are y'all feeling now? Like, I mean, do you think it's Notre Dame? Do you think it's UNC? I, I think personally, I mean, I know Notre Dame didn't play this week, but UNC's offense finally found that groove this week. They finally got to play back-to-back games. They finally found that groove. I think their offense is probably going to be better than, than uh, Notre Dame's. Um, I mean, like, what do you guys think? Because obviously Miami was a pretender. So, I mean, do you think it's Notre Dame or do you all think it's UNC? Nobody in the ACC is going to challenge Clemson, period. Agreed, 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 agreed. I mean, you're, you're talking about a North Carolina team that had to outscore Virginia Tech, and they had to, they had to put up 59, but they gave up, what, 45, 47 yep. in that game? I mean, seven, I think. You can't, you can't tell me that North Carolina's defense is going to do enough to stop Clemson. And Clemson is going to play better defense than Virginia Tech. I I don't the 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 number sounds great, but then when you put it with Virginia Tech, North Carolina, in my opinion, has not hit their stride all season, and I feel like they have been way overhyped and and they're living on last year's overachievement. And I would put them in the same category as disappointment as far as uh, overall team performance. Not not as bad as Louisville, but, I mean, I was really high on Louisville, and they have just absolutely crapped themselves every week. And, yes, you know, they have. And, and, Tech dominated them Friday. And to, and to, me, and to me, North Carolina has not done anything to, to elevate themselves to that next level. They just seem like they're living off last year's hype of, oh, we almost beat Clemson. And I think Clemson, if they play each other, I don't know if they play each other in the regular season, but they're going to get drummed. If they do play Clemson and yeah. and nobody's and, beating Clemson. And what Matt said earlier, Notre Dame is that old school brand name football team that was good back in the day, but they haven't been good as of late. And as it's been proven over the past several years, when it, when they play a big football game, they, they lose because they're just not that good. And there is no way they're going to challenge Clemson. Clemson is a really really good football team. They have a next-man-up mentality. It seems like every time they lose somebody, they're they're like Alabama. Every time they lose someone, they have somebody behind them that's going to be just as good or better. I wouldn't go as far as saying that Notre Dame is not good. I mean, let's remember, I mean, I know we all kind of have our reservations about Notre Dame. and You're right. Notre Dame lives alone a lot of time off of the name Notre Dame. No, they live Um, all the time off the name Notre Dame. Well, yes. I mean, yeah, true, but I wouldn't go as far as to say that they're not good. They're two years removed from a playoff appearance, and they went 11-2 and two last season. Now, they don't recruit at a high clip. I mean, they re- recruit in probably about the top 18 to 20 every year, but this is let, – let's not say they're not good. I mean, I'm going to have to disagree with you there, Lando. I think they're still a good team. Do I think they can beat Clemson? No, but – I, I wouldn't say they weren't good. So I never said Notre Dame wasn't a good team. I'm just I, I was just saying, hey, they're not going to beat Clemson. They're not going to even challenge Clemson. I think it depends on the scope of what you're saying. Good is they're a good team, but they're not an elite team. 
They're not in that top four. They're the number four team in the Yeah, that I agree with. They are a second to third tier team. They really are. Yes, I I honestly think that they're almost Wisconsin level. Wisconsin and Auburn comparable. Yeah, fair point. Because of of the way they – like Wisconsin and Auburn are – I mean, a lot of people would argue that Auburn is a blue blood elite program, depending on who you talk to. Not everyone agrees with that. Some people do agree with that. I would agree. But, yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I personally think that there's six elite programs in the SEC, and Auburn is one of them, but they're probably number six. Or, excuse me, they're probably number five ahead of Tennessee, because Tennessee is an elite program. They're just not right now, and that's that's not a discussion I'm trying to get into, but I'm just – you know, I, I I put them on that same level as Auburn and Wisconsin. Good enough to get to a New Year's Six bowl game and win nine or ten games. They just they're not elite, like Matt said. I just you you said they haven't played that good, and I was kind of trying to pump the brakes on that. Just saying, you know, they're still pretty good. They're a good team. They're just not elite. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think anybody's gonna compete with Clemson. Notre Dame, I think, is probably going to be their best competition. Um, kind of as we've been sitting here talking about. But I'm with y'all. Overrated at number four. I don't think they'll be there at the end of the year. I could see them potentially coming out of the ACC with one loss and being to Clemson and then being overrated. But, I mean, they're not going to make the playoff or anything. All right, so how do you guys um, feel about uh, the AP poll putting in teams that haven't even played a game yet, like the Big I'm, Ten teams I'm, and the Pac-12 teams? I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't like it either because how do you know? I mean, all right, historically, okay, Ohio State is going to be pretty good. But they haven't yeah. played a single game yet this year. Oregon hasn't played a single game. So why would you rank them ahead of teams that have played four games? And it's like, how do you move teams up and down? Like, how does Ohio right. State last week? What I think they started off as like three when they first came in, and now yeah. they're six. Yeah. Like how? Why? What happened that week that made you think? And Notre Dame and UNC are in front of them. What right. happened that week that makes you think Notre Dame is six or Ohio State is six behind them? Right. I think what they're trying to do is I think they're there's. There's only three Power Five conferences playing right now. And let's be honest, when you look at the Big 12, outside of Texas and Oklahoma, you're two Blue Bloods every year who are going to compete, and they're both not themselves. Um, you know, Both unranked. Auburn from the – yeah, exactly. Auburn from the SEC, who is usually a top 15 team, they should really have a lot – they should be one and two right now. You know, uh, Kentucky was pumped up coming into the season for what Mark Stoops has done the past two years. They were ranked. They're not anymore. Tennessee was hyped up. Again, Tennessee got showed this week that they're not on that Georgia level yet. So I think it's kind of trying to balance not putting a bunch of group of five schools in there who probably don't deserve to be in there and also not trying to oversaturate with teams from Power Five conferences merely being but, for Power Five conferences. But so you have to put them in there. Who cares? Who cares? They've played, they've played games. Put them in there. And, and then when the Big Ten and Pac-12 teams start playing – that's when you start moving all those other teams out. But for now, you put in the teams in the top 25 who have played football games. It's honestly probably for the exact same reason that the AP even puts out a poll anyway. It's just to drum up conversation. Nothing about these rankings is going to matter at the end of the year. Georgia being Auburn when Auburn was seven, Auburn's going to lose two or three more games this year, most likely. So Right, and and I I agree. I agree with you guys. I don't like it, but I was – that was just my viewpoint on the, this is what I think they're trying to do by that, by having them in there. I mean, Minnesota, Minnesota crept into the top 25 for like 23 or 24 last week. And again, they had not played a game. So, I mean, I agree with your point, but I'm just saying, I think they're trying to, I think they're doing their best to balance. 
and, and they also agree with Wit. Like, they want us to have these conversations about it. Yeah, they want us on the Around the Keg podcast specifically to talk about their poll so they can drum up lots and lots of free marketing. AP poll, yeah. big Around the Keg guys. Yeah, they yeah, called us last week. We are an AP poll podcast. Uh, no free shout outs. All right, guys, now we're going to get into one of our new segments. Uh, this used to be our winners and losers segment, but now we're calling it our who are we pouring one out for and who's cut off segment of the week. Uh, we're going to start with Lando. Lando, who are you pouring one out for this week? So this week I'm going to be talking racing. I'm pouring it out for the hometown fella, Chase Elliott, went in his sixth road course in a row at the Charlotte Roval over the weekend. He has dominated road courses in NASCAR, and I think he is going to be a force to reckon with next year because the NASCAR schedule has six road courses on the schedule. So I think we can go ahead and chalk up Chase Elliott winning those six races uh, next year. And the person I'm cutting off this week is going to be old Kyle Busch, who got eliminated from the playoffs this weekend. He has won at least one race over his entire 15-year career, and he is winless this year. And because of it, he is knocked out of the playoffs. I think it's going to do him a little good because now he can just not worry about advancing to the playoffs. He can just worry about winning races. He can gamble in the races, take some chances, and try to get that win. But he's the person I'm cutting off this week. And Chad, who are you uh, pouring it out for this week? So I'm going to pour one out for two people this week. Um, I'm going to pour one out for what we just witnessed on television, our boy Mark Melanson, two nights in a row. The Braves' uh, closer catches an Aussie Albies home run ball in the bullpen. I thought that was pretty cool. I did my best there, trying not to freak out and interrupt you while you were talking. So that was cool. Um, I'm also going to pour one out for Justin Herbert. How about Justin Herbert? Ever since taking over the starting job from Tyrod Taylor, looking really good. Um, Threw four touchdowns last night on Monday Night Football. That is the first ever rookie to do that in NFL history. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Definitely going to cut off this week small ball. Um, you know, as a baseball fan watching the Braves last night, you know, multiple times with the runners on first and second base, nobody out in a tight game, never bunted, not once, never attempted to bunt. Uh, there's a particular situation where Dansby Swanson was hitting, um, a relief pitcher had just come in. We had runners on first and second. I believe the score was still one to one and nobody out. And what does he do? But swing at the first pitch the relief pitcher throws pops out first base are you kidding me does anybody bunt anymore does anybody steal bases anymore does anybody believe in get them on get them over get them in so i'm cutting off small ball because unfortunately no one in major league baseball likes to play it anymore matt who you pouring one out for this week you know i'm pouring one out for the lane train the dude had a perfect game plan coming into that game against Alabama. He had the Alabama defense on skates. Him and Jeff Levy, the uh, the offensive coordinator for, for the Mississippi Rebels, they did a great job scheming that one up. Um, I mean, that, that was phenomenal. And the, I'm pulling one out for baseball. They've got fans in the stands. Uh, they're doing the chop. The, the It's it's awesome. It's awesome. And, and the Braves are up 8-3. It's the top of the ninth. Not getting too excited yet. Not getting too excited yet. But I'm a little excited. And then I'm, I'm cutting off Dan Mullen's wife. Poor Dan Mullen's wife. I don't know if you all know this. Obviously, Chad does. But but for every game, 
She gives all the players a good old kiss on the cheek, uh, get them hyped up and ready to play. And now with the COVID outbreak, Dan Mullen's wife, you're cut off. I don't know if she's been doing that this year with the COVID anyways. Uh, but, but either way, she's cut off. No COVID kisses for you, Mrs. Mullen. Uh, Sorry, Megan. You're, Sorry, you're Megan. Gonna, you're you're, uh, you're going to have to get your kisses somewhere else. Wit, what, what you got? Who are you pouring one out for? Well, boys, um, I had one I really wanted to do, and uh, I'm probably going to do it here in a minute, but I'm going to pour one out first for my hometown, newly this year only favorite team, the Tennessee Titans, who are putting it on the Bills right now. Brian Tannehill looks fantastic. Johnny Smith, dude, this guy might be good. This actually might be a pretty good tight end. This might actually be a pretty good season for the Titans. I actually, after the first couple games, I really didn't think they'd be that good. I and mean, they were barely getting past teams like the Broncos. But, I mean, the Bills are a good team. The Bills are a good team, and they are they are up 40. It's about to be 42 to 16. That is an absolute beatdown. And uh, I'm going to cut off the SEC reps who completely screwed Sam Pittman and the Arkansas Razorbacks this weekend with a bogus call that should have been a fumble that they called a grounding penalty and ended up being a game-winning touchdown or a game-winning field goal drive for the Auburn Tigers. Uh, but we've seen this a couple of times this year already where the refs have screwed up a game-changing penalty that could have decided. I think that in the Kentucky game, Kentucky most likely could have beaten Auburn. And uh, even Auburn had to play against Kentucky where they kind of got screwed over, which could have just been like a little forgiveness kind of penalty. But it's been it's been every week we've seen these little things pop up on Twitter with the SEC refs apologizing for screwing something up. And you know what? They're too drunk. It's time to cut them off. But uh, how about you, Keys? You got you got yourself a pour them out for the week? You know, I actually do this week. I'm actually going to take it to the NFL for both of mine. Uh, I'm going to pour one out for the Atlanta Falcons, finally getting the job done. I can't believe nobody else said this. Honestly, I was waiting for it the whole time. Uh, Falcons finally fired Dan Quinn and the GM, and uh, that's just that's just a win for Atlanta, to be honest. I'm going to cut off the Dallas Cowboys. Honestly, the, the Dak Prescott injury, it was horrible. Um, now they're without a starting quarterback, and uh, unfortunately, Dak Prescott, uh, he went underwent surgery the other day. Uh, you know, a lot of left from the league, but just gruesome injury. Hate to see it to anyone. We'll see how they do now. Definitely still better than the Falcons. Red rocket time. It's red rocket time. I'm not sure what Chad's doing right now. I'm pretty sure it's red rifle, but uh, I could be wrong. Is it, is it Andy Dalton's nickname not the red rocket or is it the red rifle? <laughs> <laughs> it's not the red rocket. I can tell you that. <laughs> Did you guys see that the Cowboys signed old, uh, what's his name? Uh, Garrett Gilbert. Or, oh, or, really? They really? Oh, yeah. Garrett Gilbert. Yeah. Former former Orlando Apollos quarterback. <laughs> yeah, sign Garrett Gilbert because they have, I think, no quarterbacks on the roster other than uh, Andy Dalton and, and now Garrett Gilbert. Kellen Mond's going to – excuse me, not Kellen Mond. Uh, what's his name? Boise guy. Kellen, Kellen Moore's yeah, going to come back Kellen and Mond. start. The offensive coordinator for the Cowboys is going to trade in his clipboard and suit up next week. Yeah, Kellen, Kellen yeah. Moore. Kellen Moore, there you go, the – Former FBS leading touchdown passer. And he was on the cover yeah. of NCAA 2009. Am I right? He was. I do remember I thought, that. That I was thought, the year they beat Georgia thought, in the kickoff game. Or was it, it was another horrendous uh, Georgia uniform. quarterback? That's no, it was, it was Kellen Moore. Okay. It was Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore was good, dude. He was really good. It was Kellen Moore. Dallas Cowboys need to be cut off. They're hammered. 
they've been hammered for a couple of years. Thought uh, Mike McCarthy would change that up, but they're still hammered. Uh, but we're going to move on. We're getting to our another new segment, our locks of the week. Uh, and Chad, who's your lock of the week? I'm going to go with BC over Virginia Tech. Uh, BC with a new first year head coach um, is three and one, and they have beaten Duke, Texas State, and Pitt. Um, I know those aren't overly impressive wins, but this is a BC team who fired Steve Adazio for being 44 and 44 in his entire tenure at BC. So obviously BC wants to be more than just a middle of the road ACC team. Um, And for them to be three and one with a first year head coach and be a pit team in overtime this week, um, who I was actually pretty impressed with through their first couple games. Pitt, their defense was playing really well. Um, I actually had them in one of our earlier episodes, I believe, as my um, winner of the week. So yeah, I think BC 3-1 and one, um, coming up against a Virginia Tech team who, as I stated on the show last week, I think Justin Fuente's time is running short, and it was very important for them to win that North Carolina game. They did not. Um, their defense gave up 59 points. It's I think Justin Justin Fuente's clock is ticking. Uh, he was supposed to be some big, massive hire, and he just he hasn't done it. I think he's won the ACC Coastal once, never drubbed by Clemson in the ACC title game that year. So I'm gonna have to go with BC as my lock of the week. So I'm going with the old the old Eagles. Jeff Halfley Jeff Halfley's gonna have a four and one start to his head coaching career. So who you got, Matt? I'm actually going uh, Kentucky over Tennessee. Um, I know Kentucky's one and two. Tennessee uh, looked pretty good in that first half against Georgia this past week. But looking at, t- at Kentucky's games, they lost to Auburn on the road at Auburn. Uh, they had a couple of plays and, and uh, again, a, a big call that swung that game and helped Auburn out a little bit. Uh, the Ole Miss game that they lost, early in the game, they had a chance to go up. And uh, A.J. Rose – fumbles the ball on the goal line because he celebrated a little too early and ended up getting chased down and tackled before he, when he could have scored a touchdown. Uh, that changed that game. They missed the extra point, no T. So Kentucky, uh, they, they looked pretty good. Then they, they, they shut out Mike Leach's offense. Uh, Mississippi State scored two points. I think that Kentucky's defense is really starting to hit its stride. I think whenever they play against Tennessee this weekend – uh, they're going to take some notes out of Georgia's book and in the second half of that game. I think they're going to make Garantano beat them, and I don't think he's going to be able to do it. I, I'm going uh, with the Kentucky Cats, Cats by 90. Whit, I'm going to throw it over to you. What you got this week for your lock? All right, guys. Well, I actually have South Carolina beating number 15 Auburn at home, and here's why. Obviously, Auburn's the more talented team. I mean, you could probably say they have the better coaching staff, to be honest, because, I mean, I mean, I even believe that. But South Carolina is going to beat a ranked team this year. It's going to happen. They're good enough to do it. I like what they're doing on offense. They're starting to get better with Mike Bobo. Um, I like the whole – I like the Colin Hill to Shai Smith connection. Shai Smith is actually third in the conference in receptions this year, only behind Terrace Marshall and – can't remember who the other one is. I think it. I think it might be Kyle Pitts, but he's he's having an absolute fantastic year. And I think a lot of that has to do with Mike Bobo's offense with Colin Hill back in there. Um, not to mention that I think South Carolina's defense is a huge mismatch 
to Auburn's offensive line, who lost a lot of big-time pieces last year, uh, besides center Nick Brahms, who honestly has not had a fantastic year. And honestly, Auburn should have dropped their game last week to Arkansas, and I think this week the Cox get them at home, South Carolina by five. Felipe's going for 300 again. <laughs> so, uh, Lando, what's your lock of the week? My lock of the week is going to be the old Tulsa Golden Hurricanes over the Cincinnati Bearcats. Tulsa wow. is my hometown. Wow. I'm from there, lived there for eight years. And uh, when I played uh, middle school football uh, for seventh and eighth grade, uh, our good buddy Mark Stratus, his dad was uh, the coach of our football team, and he, he would call me the old Tulsa Tornado. So I'm going to go with the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes for my lock of the week. Keys, who you got? So for my lock this week, I actually tried to just find the worst matchup in college football that I could possibly find. Uh, you guys can correct me if you think there's worse teams, but I'm going with North Texas and MTSU. Uh, Middle Tennessee is horrible. They're 1-4. and four. Uh, North Texas is 1-3. and three. Just a horrible matchup. Austin O'Hara has thrown seven interceptions so far, so I, I cannot possibly go with Middle Tennessee. I'm going to go with North Texas, the mean green baby. That's actually a very – that's not a bad pick. I just want to interject real quick and say that it, it wasn't but a couple years ago that when jobs were coming open, North Texas's Seth Luttrell was in conversations to land some Power 5 jobs. Because if you remember, that team, I think, won 10 games like three or four years ago during his tenure. And he's taken them to like – he's taken them to a couple bowl games in their tenure. And that's not – that's a hard thing to do at North Texas. But, man, they have – his name is nowhere in job searches anymore, and they have really, really fallen off. So, yeah, dude, you're you're right. They're they're horrendous. I think the last time I saw anything about North Texas was when they played Georgia a few years ago, and I remember watching that game, and obviously they didn't win. Obviously, I don't follow North Texas. Nobody follows North Texas. But I do have them this week over a, an Apolo- absolutely apologies. horrible. Apologies if we're offending any North Texas fans out there. There's not many. Um, I know. There's maybe three. And We're we a mean green podcast, baby. We are we believe in the mean green. We believe in the mean green. I don't even know where North Texas is, but I'm assuming it's north in Texas. The mean green haven't been good since my road to glory guy took them to three straight national titles. <laughs> Maybe this week will be the their first step back into relevancy. But anyway, we're jumping into our picks of the week. Obviously, we're going to start with our school that we all went to, the Georgia Southern Eagles. They're taking on UMass at home. And uh, I'm going to start this one out. I got Georgia Southern by 15, but uh, Georgia Southern's favored by 29. Uh, I don't really think Georgia's good enough to blow out a team, or Georgia Southern's good enough to blow out a team, just based on what I've seen. They're more of just uh, pound the ball on you, run the clock out, and uh, stop you on defense, even though their defense really isn't that great. So hopefully they can stop you on defense if you're freaking UMass. So uh, I'm going I'm going Southern by 15. I think that's probably going to be the probably going to be the pick uh lando what do you got uh so obviously i'm going to go with the georgia southern but for a reason that only people on this podcast are gonna are gonna know of and that's because i've been really craving dingus mcgee's as of late dingus mcgee's happy hour (laughs) is the best thing east of the mississippi and i can't wait until the next time i'm down in statesboro to to get some some loaded fries a natty pitcher and, and and get absolutely hammered before a Georgia Southern football game. So Georgia Southern by a hundred. Matt, what do you have? I'm uh I'm I'm with you guys. Uh, also, I love Dingus. Dingus really is as much as he hyped that up. It it's every bit as good and more. 
Uh, I'm also going Southern here. I'm going Southern by 20. Uh, I don't think uh, UMass is is going to pose much of a threat. I just want to see Georgia Southern play a complete game. Uh, they had ULM down by a, a lot, let them back in the game and wound up only winning that game by five and really could have lost it. It was a 50-50 review right there at the end. Uh, so I'm going to go, I'm going to go, uh, Southern by 20. Chad, what you got? I'm going with Georgia Southern. Uh, UMass went one and 11 last year under their new head coach. Uh, they hired Florida state's offense coordinator, Walt Bell. Uh, and he did not have a good season last year. Um, UMass ever, they used to be a solid FCS program, but ever since they moved up to the FBS and got booted from the Mac, um, you know, just for being terrible. They have not been good. They were the first – it was either them or UConn were one of the first two schools to cancel their season because of the coronavirus, and now all of a sudden they're coming back down to Statesboro to play this game. Um, but, I mean, you're going to tell me a 1-11 team who didn't think they had a season a couple months ago is going to come down to Georgia Southern and win? No. Uh, I'm going to go Georgia Southern by 21. I'm with Witt. I think Georgia Southern doesn't have the type of offense to blow someone out. So Georgia Southern winning by 21 is a blowout for me. So Georgia Southern. All right, guys, we're moving on from Georgia Southern. Next game on our on our schedule here is we got the number one Clemson Tigers, who are 27-point favorite at Georgia Tech in Atlanta, Bobby Dodd Stadium. Chad, who you got? I love Jeff Collins. I like the direction Georgia Tech is going. I think they beat a Louisville team who was really hyped up this year. And even though Louisville has been a big disappointment, you have to take steps like that when you're trying to get your program to move forward. You know, you have to beat a team who is hyped up to be better than you. And they dominated. Uh, 41-17 was the final of that game, or 41-27. I got my numbers mixed up. But, yeah, I I think – I don't think that's going to do them any good. Clemson, as we've discussed – can't be stopped unfortunately that ball is gone and it's eight to six but Clemson by 31 this game's not gonna be close Josh Tomlin you suck uh Matt who you got I I'm 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 right there with you Tech buzzing off of a, a big win but Clemson is just gonna come in and absolutely obliterate that young Georgia Tech defense uh, Clemson covers and some. I've got I've got Clemson by at least thirty five. Lando, who you got? Yeah, I'm with you guys. Clemson, and it's not even close. I'm not even even going to give a score because it doesn't matter. Wit, who you got? Yeah, I'm with you. I got Clemson by thirty. Um, I am not a fan of Jeff Collins. I think this team looks a lot better than it did last year, but I still think they are a bottom of the barrel team of the ACC. Offense definitely looks a lot better. There's two guys I really like on this team, and it's Jeff Sims, who's a freshman, who I think will probably end up being a pretty decent player for him. And I believe his first name is Jameer. I think his last name is Gibbs. Plays running back for him. Um, I can't remember what school he came from, but it was a school that was pretty close to us in Georgia, uh, maybe Rome. Fantastic running back. Dude's an absolute playmaker. Um, that being said, like I said, not a fan of Jeff Collins. Don't think he's really that good of a coach. I think he recruits well because he's good at social media. But besides that, I don't think he's taking Tech anywhere. And I think you're going to see that big gap between him and any kind of real contender here. I got Clemson by 30. Uh, but we're moving on to the next game. Uh, we got Ole Miss, who is a three-point favorite against Arkansas, heading into Fayetteville. 
And I got Arkansas by six. And I think Felipe, Felipe has another big day against a pretty, pretty terrible defense because Felipe likes to show up against some of these worst defenses. He's not great against some of the better defenses, but he's pretty bad against some defenses like that. So I'm, I'm going to Arkansas by six. Lando, what you got? So uh, Arkansas got screwed over over the weekend, and I personally think that's going to affect them mentally coming into this game. And Ole Miss looked really good against Alabama. I know Alabama's defense isn't that great, but Lane Kiffin has uh, Ole Miss looking really, really good. So I actually have Ole Miss by three field goals. Matt, who do you have? You know, I I, I waffled back and forth on this one a, a few times because uh, I think Sam Pittman has Arkansas playing out of their mind, and Lane Kiffin has their offense, the Ole Miss offense, absolutely rolling. But I'm going to go Ole Miss in this one. Uh, I, I think that the the defensive issues that Ole Miss has are not good. But the, the position that it puts teams in is that their offense has to be equally as good. And that's what happened ultimately in that Alabama game this past weekend was Alabama's, the, Alabama's offense was better than Ole Miss's in the sense of uh, they, they made that one less mistake. That fumbled snap was really the difference in the game. And I think that Felipe Franks is going to be asked to make no mistakes. I think Arkansas's defense might be a l- play a little bit better then uh, they might play a little bit better than Alabama's defense, but Lane Kiffin's going to have that up-tempo, fast-paced offense rolling. I, I think I got Ole Miss uh, winning this one, and it's going to be a push because they win by three. They're favored by three. It's going to be a push. They win. Uh, Three-point field goal game, uh, Ole Miss. Chad, who you got? I don't really want to make this pick, but I, I'm actually going to go with Arkansas. I don't really want to make this pick, but I'm going out on a limb here. Um, I think Arkansas, Arkansas should be two and one. Uh, they should have beat Auburn. They got screwed, and their defense is much improved. Um, I did not get to see any of the game uh, the game this weekend. Um, but Sam Pittman, the fact that they have been in all three of their games at some point is a miracle, and I just think that. Both of these programs are kind of trending in the right direction, but I think Arkansas is going to be really angry after getting screwed. And this is actually a rivalry game. Um, it's actually kind of a, a low-key rivalry game. Not a lot of people realize how much these two schools hate each other, but I'm going to have to go with Arkansas. They're going to be pumped for rivalry game, pumped for the fact that they should have won last week. And I think Arkansas is going to win in a close game by six. All right, guys, get into our next game. We got LSU, who is unranked for the first time in – years probably the past like two or three years since uh Ogeron at least became coach um they're playing at the swamp number 10 florida florida's a 13 and a half favorite and we'll let our local florida fan chad take the first crack at this one so if this game is played this week that's a big if right now with florida's coronavirus situation um i'm gonna have to go with us still by 10 um i think we're angry i think we were a fumble away from winning that game last week. Um, even with as bad as our defense played, I still think we should have hold, held on and won that game. Um, either way, we didn't. And our college football playoff hopes are kind of on life support now um, if we lose again. So uh, I think we're in the same situation as, we, as, as Texas A&M was last week when we played them. As our buddy Witt said, Florida's a wounded – or excuse me, Matt said that A&M was a wounded lion – and now I think Florida's a wounded lion. So if they play, 
Um, I think they're playing for the college football playoff lives, and I think they realize that they have to win these next two games against LSU and Missouri before they play Georgia to just keep themselves keep themselves straight. And I think we're going to keep ourselves straight this week. Um, yes! Mullen worked all day with the <laughs> Braves win. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mullen worked all day with the defense on Sunday. And I think Mullen's going to start having a bigger hand in the defense over Grantham, and I think that's going to help us out a lot and maybe see some steps taken this weekend. But I, I think Florida's going to play angry and, and win this game by 10. Uh, Whit, let's go to you, bud. Uh, yeah, so actually I got three words for this game, and I think that's the only three words that's really going to matter. Take the over. There's going to be no defense played in this game. These Both of these offenses are actually pretty dang good, but these defenses have been absolutely abysmal to start the year. Um, I think – that both of these teams haven't really seen an offense like the ones they're about to see from each other. So the fact that they've already given up the amount of points that they have this season for the teams that they've played has been just crazy. But um, I'm actually taking LSU here. I think LSU is the best offense that Florida's seen. And uh, you saw if Kellen Mond can carve them up. I mean, I think, honestly, the way that – from what I've seen from Miles Brennan this year and uh, Terrence Marshall, who's leading the league in – passing, receiving touchdowns and yards. I think he's going to go off in this game. He might have like 250 yards against Florida's secondary. And uh, I'm not we're not picking this game because I'm low on Florida. I'm picking this game because I think that LSU has more talent on defense, even, even with what they've lost than Florida does. And Florida has Todd Grantham as their defensive coordinator. And he will surely blow at least one more game this season for him with the way he's been coaching. Um, I got LSU by three. Uh, Matt, you can take it from here. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think it's going to be I'm, – I'm with you. Take the over. Pound the over. Pound it. Pound the pound over. It, hammer it. Do whatever you got to do to get the over uh, because neither of these teams are playing great defense right now. Now, here's here's my nuance. If they play this week, I think Florida wins in a close in a close shootout. Uh, if they end up moving it, I, I think that that actually favors LSU because I think LSU has a little more uh, talent in their defensive secondary. That gives them more time to prepare. And uh, I think that it ultimately comes down to, to who is going to get a stop. I think if they play it this weekend, overall Florida's defense is a little bit better, in my opinion, than LSU's. But, man, uh Pound the over. I've got Florida if they play this weekend. Lando, what you got? I think Florida will miss a crucial extra point in this game. I got LSU twenty-one to twenty. Close game. <laughs> well, let, let me let me just let me interject there real quick and say that Tommy Townsend's the best kicker in the SEC. Unbiased opinion. He actually is really good. So does it I, matter? I, I don't. <laughs> Some people miss field goals every now and then and i think hey, it's gonna be it's gonna happen this if time. rodrigo blankenship can miss a field goal in overtime against south carolina to lose the game i think anybody can miss a field goal against a good team to lose a game but let's move into our game of the week the cbs game of the week the seven o'clock game at least and the college game day game of the week we got number three georgia bulldogs taking on the number two alabama crimson tide in tuscaloosa uh, not sure how many fans are going to be there, but I'm sure it's still going to be a pretty tough game over there. Bama's favored by six, 
And I have myself going first, but I'm actually going to go last. I'm going to let Landa go first. Alabama looks, except for on defense, they look unstoppable. Mac Jones looks really good. Their offense is really good. And I think it's going to play a big role in this game. If Georgia wants to win this game, they have to get out after Mac Jones early and often. So for this game, I'm actually going to go with the University of Georgia because I think Georgia will get after Mac Jones early and often. And I think Georgia's offense with that ground and pound is going to wear down Alabama's defense that really isn't that great. But, you know, Georgia, the way they play football, their style of football is going to actually win them this football game. So I have Georgia win this game 25 to 24. Matt, who do you have? Well, um, you know, I've, I've obviously analyzed this game in my head a million times. Um, everybody's pointing to Alabama's offense. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this. We played Mizzou, who gave up, you know, they, they, had, they gave up 41 to, to LSU. LSU has a pretty decent offense. Uh, we, we pulled most of our starters uh, after halftime. We had put 35 up in the first half, so we were rolling. But that's week one. Then we play A&M. Uh, A&M, they, they look decent. They got a couple of big stops against Flora's offense. It's, it's pretty good. So felt confident there. And then we play Ole Miss, who is literally last in defense. And so all of the things that, that we did offensively, uh, that Alabama did offensively uh, last week, I, I kind of put a little asterisk next to it because they played the literal worst defense in the entire country. So, um, you know, defensively, everybody's looking at last week and saying, you know, Alabama's defense looked terrible. I honestly think that has more to do with Lane Kiffin and uh, having a better, a good game plan and keeping Alabama off balance than it is that Alabama's defense isn't that good. Um, I'm, I'm actually with Lando here. I don't think, that Alabama's defense is going to be able to stop Georgia from controlling the clock. And I think that that's where Georgia's going to have the edge. I think that Georgia's defense is elite. Georgia is built more like an old Alabama team, and I think they're going to get a stop. They're, if they force any turnovers or you know Alabama makes any mistakes on offense, I think Georgia grounds and pounds it. Uh, I think they beat us 27-26. Uh, in, in, a, in a shootout in T-Town, uh, which could be uh, a SEC championship preview. Chad, what you got? I'm going to shout out our boys, Keys and Wit, because they're the lucky people who get to go to the game this weekend in Tuscaloosa. So, boys, good good job there. Have fun. Well, we, get to, we get to go to Tuscaloosa for the game. <laughs> we're we're going to try. Well, we'll no do sense. our best to get in. <laughs> well, good luck scalping tickets. I'm going with Alabama, and... I'm going with Alabama in a shootout only because Georgia has not played an offense of Alabama's caliber. I know Georgia's defense is probably the best in the country. Their defense is legit. Indeed, it is legit. But this is still Alabama. Kirby Smart has not lost. Or excuse me, Nick Saban has still never lost to an assistant. I just don't know. This is Stetson Bennett's first really big game. And... This is going to be the week we see him have to step up. And I don't know, as much as I do like Stetson Bennett, I just don't know if he can. And, again, Georgia's defense being elite has not seen an Alabama-type offense, which is an elite offense. So 
Alabama in a shootout by seven. Quit your take, brother. So, since our first episode in this podcast, this game has been the one that I've thought about over and over again. Who am I going to pick? Who am I picking? Georgia's defense looks good. I knew they'd be good to come into the year. I knew there'd be some offensive struggles, but I knew that we had a better offensive coordinator. You know, it could have been a better year, but I knew Bama was going to be a good too. So, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm going, you know, I don't know if I've ever picked against Georgia in my entire life. Am I going to pick against Georgia if I think Alabama's a better team? So in the preseason, I actually did pick Bama to win this game. I had Bama winning this game, and then I had Georgia beating them in the SEC championship. You could say I really just picked Georgia anyway. And uh, each week of this season, I've honestly felt better and better about Georgia's chances with Stetson Bennett at quarterback to win this game because of the way that we've pushed teams around up front, the way that our defense has held teams down and completely shut teams out. I mean, Tennessee had negative one rushing yards against our against Georgia's defense last week. Um, but as a professional media member, I have to leave my bias at the door. And because of that, I'm going to pick Alabama. I think Georgia's offense is going to be too limited, as I have said multiple times on this podcast, uh, because of Stetson Bennett, who I think is a good quarterback. But like I said before, um, I think the fact that he can't throw the ball down the field, and even when he tries to throw the ball down the field, you will see time and time again, he underthrows everybody. Um, not saying I don't like him, and I would love for him to be our starter for the rest of the year. Um, but I think Alabama has too many weapons for Georgia to hold them under 30, 30 points. And I don't think that Georgia will be scoring 30 points on Bama's defense unless there are multiple turnovers and pick sixes or fumble recoveries for a touchdown, which has happened a lot for Georgia this year. But uh, it's not something I'm banking on, not something I bet my picks on. And um, I hope more than anything I'm wrong about this pick and that Kirby Smart is the one to end Saban's undefeated streak. But I just can't go with it right here. My gut's telling me Bama, and I got Bama winning 32-21. to 21. You know, it's, it's, it's hard as a diehard fan of a team in the SEC to put biases aside. But, I mean, it, I really can see this game going either way. Um, but I, I just feel like, I feel like this is the one that, 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 that Kirby, I think in the past, and maybe I'm completely wrong, I think in this game, Kirby has outthought himself. So whenever they've played against each other, Kirby's like, oh, God, I, you know, I've got to win this game. You know, I'm, I'm playing against Daddy, got to beat Daddy. And, and he's never been able to do it. But now that it's, he's got, I think he's going to have that out of his system, and I think he's just going to let the game flow instead of trying to, make something happen when nothing needs to happen. Yeah. Shout out to the uh, fake punt in the SEC championship on fourth and 10. Ugh, With terrible. major props to you for picking against Georgia. I'm just going to go on the record and say, I will never in my life pick against the <laughs> Oklahoma Sooners ever. No matter how bad we are, I will never ever pick against my team. You know, I, I, why aren't you loyal? Damn yeah. Right. I, I, you know, I feel like it's more of a, you know, in 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 my case, it's like, well, if Georgia wins, I was right, and if Alabama wins, I'm happy I was wrong. I mean, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, but think about it. How often does Herb Street pick against Ohio State? Rare. How often he does? does he, he does it all the time. Okay, well, I guess I haven't seen uh, th- those episodes of College Game Day. But now Desmond Howard is the one that exactly. Never picks against How Michigan. often does Desmond Howard ever pick against Michigan? Never. Absolutely never. <laughs> so I'm just like I'm just like those two dudes. Never pick against my team. 
as a uh, as an unbiased fan of college football with no team fan affiliation uh you know it, it's pretty easy to just go with my gut you guys do was... anything fun for the game this weekend i'm gonna be surrounded by bama fans so i'll probably be drunk what are you guys doing i'm uh i'm smoking a boston butt at the house um Ooh. and i'm gonna start drinking beer probably around 9 a.m because my nerves see here's here's my problem on alabama game days I, I get nervous. We could be playing the Charleston School of the Blind, and my <laughs> pre-Saban PTSD kicks in, and I'm like, uh, this sucks. We're going to lose. Like, we're going to find a way to fucking lose. And, <laughs> and, and, and it's something that I can't get rid of, and, like, Anna Marie can't stand it because she'll be like, you're, you're fine. You're, you're playing the Charleston School of the Blind. And I'm like, yeah, but, I mean – I don't know if you heard this, but they, they got a they got a quarterback who can really run it. He just goes on instinct. He sees and, the field really, really well. Yeah. You, and, when you play Charleston School at the Blind, do you read into who their quarterback is? Oh, absolutely. You know, <laughs> I, I read into it. You know, and and uh, it 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 just gets me kind of. I get all nervous, it, even when I know deep down we're probably going to be fine. I get nervous, so I have to have the liquid courage to take the edge off. Um, I'll watch my uh, hashtag Ole Miss student. I will watch the Ole Miss Arkansas game at, at four o'clock or three thirty, whatever time that is, and then uh, you know prepare myself to be in pure agony for three to three and a half, four hours uh, on until the game's over, and that'll be that'll be my Saturday. What about hey, anybody else? Hey Matt, what are you well, smoking your uh, pork butt on? Uh, I have a uh, a knockoff big green egg. And so I, uh, it gets its use so far, pretty much every Saturday, uh, I've been doing something. So week one was uh Boston, but week two, we did uh, a little, a little chili action. And then, uh, this past weekend I, I smoked uh, 18 pounds of wings. So, so Matt's going to so, cater so, next so, week for the podcast. Then. So, no, yeah, no, around the keg live at the Howell residence. Do you, do you let your meat rest? After you, oh, of course. Yeah, you have to. You have to let it rest. Oh, the rest is always, the most important part, rest man. rest your meat when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, me, me and Lando are going to have a, a, a grilling podcast spinoff. Oh, sounds fantastic. Just talking about our, our methods. Oh, that, uh, I could talk about methods all day long. Dude, same, dude, same. I'm a, I'm a, well, like I said, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the, the grill uh, – the grill off Saturdays, so. And we'll end there. Uh, thank you guys for coming and listening to our podcast again. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Around the Keg Pod and at our Instagram at Around the Keg. Uh, we got some good posts and stuff to share with you guys. Leave us some comments, DM us. We'd love to hear what you guys think about the podcast. And uh, hope you guys come around next week. See y'all.